Hello listeners, Craig here. Just before the show gets underway, I just wanted to talk to you about our sponsor, howtokillasuperhero.net. Now, we are very proud to have them as a sponsor because the author, Pablo Green, is amazing at what he does. His books are brilliant, pervy as pervy can be, and just an exploration of a wonderful story of a hot muscle beast and the trials and tribulations of finding out you're the chosen superhero. Now... This month, his newest book in the instalment, How to Kill a Superhero 3, Transformation Fetish, is out end of February. And to celebrate, we're running a competition. You, yes you, can win one of his amazing wrestling singlets. All you have to do is send in us a superhero selfie. Now it can be an illustration or a photograph, and it has to be at least vaguely superhero themed, even if it's just you and Lycra. Uh, All body types are welcome. Bears... Musclemen, Twinks, and everyone in between. Feel free to enter. We actively encourage you. Please do. To enter, there are two ways. Firstly, simply send your picture to kinkyboyspodcast at gmail.com with the tagline Superhero Selfie with your picture attached. Or you can post it to Twitter with our custom hashtag KBSuperHeroSelfie. And that's it. And we'll let you know at the end of the month. The winner will be drawn at the end of the month and we will ship a brand shiny new wrestling singlet to you. What you do with that wrestling singlet is up to you. How to kill a superhero. There's a power rising inside you. The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello and welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig and we have a new co-host, uh, Paul. Hello. Yeah, Paul is our special guest today uh, talking about our topic. It won't really be a serious interview about a specific fetish. We're just doing a bit of a filler episode today, talking, which has been brought about by the Tony the Tiger incident. Uh. More on that later. <laughs> yes, so... Um, yeah, so let's talk about what's been going on in the fetish world recently. Recon has developed a bit of a problem. Oh, yes, a little bit. Yeah, basically, it's been going on for a while now, but it's starting to reach um, very bad proportions. Like, a lot more people are becoming affected by the spam bot problem, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure, if you're on Recon, you've probably heard about this by now, where... You get a message from a guy with a couple of hot photos who says, Hi, I'm looking for a full-time slave, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not on here a lot. Please contact me at shadyaddress at spam.com. Yes, it's got to the point now where I've started playing my own little game of how many I can get in one week and then try to beat that. Uh, So far, my record within one week is actually 26. And at one point, I really did consider following through on one of those email accounts just to see how far they would actually push it and what their means to an end is. I'm assuming it's direct into some kind of pay-per-view site, but it's just, it's getting absolutely ridiculous now. And Recon are aware of it. They keep removing them every time you make a complaint about them, but it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, because um, I actually had a small back and forth um, through Chocolate with the representative account on there. They have said they've now got a dedicated team to try and solve this problem. Um, I mean, I did make the suggestion to the 
I mean, this is why the conversation started. I made a suggestion, which is if a if a message contains either an email address or a website address, they should have to, you know, just do a capture. Yeah. Which, you know, simplest, you know, bots can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean... I mean, that's not the only problem right now. We could always go into the fact that they also need to sort the whole advertising campaign that they seem to have put on the apps on the phones. Yes, especially iPhones. Basically, the paid-for members are getting um, adverts on their phones, which, you know, if you pay for something, the general rule is you either get it free with advertising... Or you pay for it and don't have advertising. No, I don't pay for it, and I can kind of, you know, look the other way. Yeah. You'd assume people who pay for it don't get that kind of thing. But also, to that extent, people who don't, people who do pay for it, should really have that better security in regards to the bots. Because I can only imagine so many people may have actually been suckered in by these bots, like new people to recon or new people to the fetish scene. Oh yes. It is a numbers game. If you um, spam something hard enough, eventually someone will take the bait. Oh, yeah. We all go, oh, who's ridiculous enough to believe that there's a Nigerian prince that just needs your bank account? I don't get that anymore. I miss the Nigerian princes yeah. that give me the money. No, no, it's some guy called Kelly in South Wales, which I'm sorry, no. No man would ever be called Kelly in South Wales. He'd be David. <laughs> David Davis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's just... Yeah, I mean, Recon's app in general, which I understand developing a mobile app is quite a hard thing, especially if your core team is from websites. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a lot of problems with their apps. I can understand being banned from the Android App Store Mm -hmm. has also generated problems because they can't update regularly. They can't get good feedback um, through the reporting system, which has crippled them. So, you know, I'm not unsympathetic, but it just Mm -hmm. seems like... They do need to have a rethink of how a lot of the app works. Mm-hmm. And I, they're probably getting bogged down as well because you obviously see all the times on people on Twitter. I mean, whenever I used to take screen caps of these silly messages, I wouldn't link them to Recon. I'd just be like, ha-ha, look at this. Yeah. This is the next, this is the next. And I'd have my own little joke with it and I'll get on with my thing. But many people are getting very vicious in their attacks in regards to Recon. Oh, yeah. Out, outwardly calling them out on it as well. Yeah, and I pity the temp that has to handle exactly. the um, Twitter account. Which, speaking of which, I really pity the, pity the temp that had to handle the Tony the Tiger Twitter account. Oh yes. For those not um, for those not in the know, um, there's been a recent problem. Tony the Tiger's Twitter account has been spammed by furries with tons of furry porn. Yep. No, yeah. I, on, I only knew a little bit on the top because I saw initially when it was starting mm. and I didn't actually see the porn to begin with it was just messages or just shout outs from furries which okay fair enough I'm assuming an account like that would get it regularly I go to bed one night wake up the next day and all of a sudden thousands of messages and thousands of pictures have popped up and I don't really know where that's come about because you'd think for a community that really strives for acceptance and you know in general, just having the world not have a lopsided view with them, they'd rein it back in a little bit in regards to everyone else's benefit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fairy community has always been split down the middle between those that um, have a sexual aspect to it and those that don't. Mm-hmm. Or as my friend Sal says, those that have a sexual aspect to it and those who lie about ha- not having a sexual <laughs> aspect about it. We're, we're only human, no matter what kind of fur we're wearing, we're still yeah. driven by our basic instincts. Although I did find that 
the Tony Ortega account, their response to it was hilariously done, <laughs> very politically correct, and just put a lot of them in their places, along the lines of actually referring to the fan base of Tony the Tiger and Frosties or mm. whatever, as saying that, you know, having a call out to everyone, please don't link this kind of thing so that there's cubs watching and there's you yeah. know, little baby tigers watching. Oh, they were so sweet and they didn't actually just, you know, remove oh, yeah. the whole account, which is normally what a lot of people would have done in that yeah. kind of situation. It is always fun to see... Um like PR accounts actually doing things right. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they rose above it. Um, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, because it started off just as a small joke, which is a few people um, texting coy double entendres to Tony the Tiger. Yeah. So it's like if you if you knew what was going on, it's oh they're making a joke out of it. And as these things do on the internet, everyone joined in and it snowballed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it it shares well, it does share a relation to another kink-esque community at the moment, which we won't go into, in regards of if you want social acceptance as a whole, you know, band together and fight for it. Don't don't be that dick who yeah. goes out of his way. You, I mean, what you might be doing, you might find hilariously fun. And I'm sure in small doses it might be, and some people will have their little giggle and move on. Mm-hmm. But to this extent, it's it's stupid. Yeah, for... You know what? I'm going to be the kind of podcast that just talks about these things. Basically, the British, or English rather, puppy community seems to be having a bit of a problem between two prominent members who try and organise events. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't name names, but even if they're not outwardly attacking each other, there does seem to be this divide. And this divide is being made more prevalent by... Either the choices that some pups do, I mean, not necessarily the people who, the two yeah. people in general and under discussion who do these kinds of things, it's the pups that seem to rally around them. And yes, as I mentioned to you earlier in another conversation, it is the kind of life where you have no worries, you know, you leave it to the handler, yeah. you, you go um, into that space where... A lot of the people involved with this have just been the sort of, I don't care. Yeah. This isn't why I got into puppy play, I'm just here to have fun. Mm. Leave your drama with you two. Which I would love everyone to have that mentality, because as far as I'm concerned, that's the only way to do things. You know, when there's drama, either get away from it, or give that token show of help to try and get it all together, and if it's thrown back in your face, just be like, well, that's your issue. But with something that's like this, and there are these segregations and these groups, unless you're going to join hands together and... You know, Sing try Kumbaya. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to like one another. Just tolerate one another. You don't have to... Just don't attack one another. Because then the rest of us then won't have this negative view of your community. Because we will only see what comes to the forefront, not what happens behind closed doors. Like, you might have all these general pups just all get along and they may be fine. They probably don't have any separation until... They go to either one of these events or they go to one of these marches or whatever. But even then, I don't think there's that tribalistic aspect of it. It's like, oh, I've gone to this event, therefore I oh, can't no. go to that event. Oh, no. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure no pups in that regard would ever think that way. No, no. Said, they just want to have fun, in my view. The trouble is, pe- people who rise to prominence in kink communities, you know, they often do it through services to the community, mm-hmm. through basically wanting to do events or do a service or something a lot of them when they there is ego involved yeah yeah it's like i mean you know i started a podcast mm. and i do my boot blacking and you know i'm not gonna lie you know when i ran for mr eagle london mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, there was a bit of ego involved, and mm. sometimes ego clashes. This is one of the times where I think ignorance is brilliant, because if you rose to one of these positions and you still carried on day to day and people could see that, mm. then you never get that problem. You're just doing what you do and then you're friends with everyone. But, of course, when the ego steps in... Um, I have one person on Twitter, I, uh, again, I won't name names, actually called out uh, one of the people in question, as I said, for someone who claims to do a lot for the community, you certainly use the terminology I and me a lot, mm. which, yeah, it was kind of true. I mean, what the? That was just me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you get to a position like that, it, I mean, these people in question did it through their own actions. It's not a case of, oh, I don't want to be in this position. They are going forward with this and doing everything they can in their circles and their little realms of their events then you have to realize that you are the face that people are going to see of this community so you have responsibility check the ego at the door you're now in the light and you've got to show that positive light to everyone else who's looking i have tried dabbling in putt play and it's issues like this that completely put me off it yeah i mean I think there's a lot of... Some people can always look past this and deliberately ignore it. Some yeah. people just get really put off by it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, at I, the end of the day, it's a storm in a teacup. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many people now I know who've actually muted such words like pups and all that from their Twitter because they're fed up of seeing this kind of drama. It, oh my God, they're the new furries. Pups ruin everything. Well, <laughs> there is a huge crossover between pups and furries. Yeah. The majority of furs I know are secretly pups and vice versa. What do you mean secretly? Well, I mean, this, this this is something I want to get to in you, the furry. They they can show their face as a fur, and then show their face on Twitter, say as a rubber pup, and then it's two completely different people, and they don't ever have to link those two things together. True, it's. I mean, everyone always has that thing of having the safe work account and the not safe for work account. <laughs> but um, there is something I wanted to get into about fairy art. Let us. Pup play in fairy art porn. Mm-hmm. It confuses the fuck out of me because I'm on these people that likes an expanded universe and figure out, you know, how does the Enterprise run? And, yeah. and I'm like, how does pup play work when you're a natural dog? What? Because yeah. the implication is that being around and led like a dog is still a thing in a world where dogs are practically human. But, yeah. And it's just, how, how would that work? And I know I'm overthinking it. It's porn. Yeah, yeah. I'm massively overthinking the let, logistics let us, of this. Let us, let us also point out that not all furry art is porn, but there, mm. was, uh, but there is a lot of it. Yes. <laughs> and we do enjoy watching it, slash looking at it. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I don't identify as a furry. Right. Um, I did have an interesting thing for my big brother the other day, which is I said, if I was ever going to be a furry, like my character, my fursona, would be half unicorn, half mantis shrimp. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Whereas, ah, he already had a first one. But it was... Uh, it's a long story. I won't go into it. But mine actually is a rubber fur. Which, of course, rubber being my main fetish. Yeah. I would never have actually related myself to the furry community had I not found out that there was that subset of it. Which is what a lot of the art, on, mm. especially like fur affinity, that's the kind of art I look at. And one of my favourite picks, back to what you were saying about pup play, is there is an anthropomorphic fox sitting in a very regal mm-hmm. leather chair and his foot, should I say paw, pad, whatever the terminology mm-hmm. is, resting on a rubber pup. But the rubber pup is a dog underneath the rubber. And at that point, I was just kind of like, hmm. Mm. Is, yeah, is that is the gear needed? He is a pup or is he an equal in this community? 
and he's just been subjugated. I was completely lost. But then again, I'm reading far too much into yeah, it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we start thinking about this, it's like, how do the pizza delivery companies work in the porn universe, porniverse, mm-hmm. if they're always having half hour long fuck sessions anytime they try and deliver exactly. a pizza? I, and I remember when I was younger, you know, back in the days where I was trying to convince myself I was straight, you know, sitting around with all my straight mm. friends watching these kinds of porn. And the most fun we had was actually critiquing the whole thing. So, you know, you get your pizza delivery guy who happens to know the intricacies of plumbing and then how to clean out the pool out the back at the same time. And then all of a sudden he's the pool boy. And at the same time, then, you know, these random women just choose to appear out and no, no clothes on. So we would give them backstory. It's like, oh dear, even though I ordered a pizza, I seem to have forgotten money. Exactly. And for me, a lot of the times it's like, well, did you buy online? Did you already pay with a credit card? Is this guy confused? I mean, is he expecting the money? Or has he you already taken the money through card and just not know about it? It's, I, but anyway, at that point I realised, yeah, okay, if I'm focusing on this thing, I must be a... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I feel what the big attraction, as I said, I don't really have a fursona. I'm not really into the furry community or anything like that. What I find the attraction about is it's fun. As in, yes. it's got that almost cartoonish element. You can do a lot more than you can with just regular oh, human yeah. porn. And it's a lot more creative. Well, yeah, Much, because, much more creative. I mean, you're, the only limitation there is your mind. And let's face it, you know, no porn on TV can ever compare to what you can create in mm. your mind. Granted, you may not be looking at it, but the ideas and the thoughts are there in your head. Yeah. And there are some really talented artists willing to invest into this sort of porn. Yeah. Again, with just, hu- like, what's the word? Human porn or non-fairy porn <laughs> a lot of the time people try and it's always good to see i mean i'm not a great illustrator myself even though i've tried it's not that good but then you have like these fairy artists who do beautiful beautiful oh, work God, yeah. mostly because they live off commissions so <laughs> well yes we have seen uh, the costs that uh, some of them charge for it but you know we uh, in oh, no. some cases rightly so because you have to look at it as if if you're paid by the hour uh, the equipment you've had to use or the equipment you've had to buy. Yeah, they have to cases. get decent digital... Oh, God, yeah. Some of the digital equipment that I've seen these people use is... I know how expensive oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I dream about getting a Wacom screen pad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're amazing. Although I've heard the um, Surface Pro is that, with their pencil design is actually I'll, really good for it. That's the one I know a lot of people use. And as I said, you know, the, the limit is only what's in your mind. So you can go from a simple two-character hugging-in-a-bed thing, which mm. is human enough for most people to actually look at it and go, oh, that's sweet. And then, you know, next scene, the the unspoken realms of tentacle porn, which we all joke about, but oh, yes, it porn, exists. Tentacle porn's becoming blasé, I, I It has. And this brings us to the main subject which I want to talk about, which is Rule 34 of the internet. Look mm-hmm. it up if you don't know it. Manifest in fairy porn. Mm-hmm. Because you get tons of niche stuff you don't find anywhere else. Oh, God, yes. Shall um, we talk through some of them? Oh, happily. Um, the prominent one for me was one I found completely by accident. Just Googling mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon information at the time. It was when a new game was coming out, and I wanted to know about this Pokemon Lucario. Didn't hit enter on the search bar. Went to have a phone chat with a then prospective master at the mm-hmm. time. Obviously, I got a little bit horny. Went back to the PC. Didn't realize I was still using the same search bar. And I only Google. I searched for then latex enclosure or something to that effect. Mm. But, of course, the Lucario bit was still at the beginning, which <laughs> I had no clue about at the time. He says. And then, 
researched, obviously, and the first thing that comes up is this artwork where... Do we, do we call it absorption artwork or something to that effect? Yeah, or TF? absorption. And it, um... it, it involved the latex Pokemon version of Lucario absorbing his trainer. And I was, I don't want to say mesmerized, but I was drawn to it for a while. Oh. And I'm thinking, hmm, I don't want to go into the intricacies because we all know the Pokemon trainers are quite young. But, you know, we'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah. But it was a case of this Pokemon being liquid rubber, absorbing someone into themselves. And in the, in looking at that, I then found my way back to Fur Affinity, which I completely repressed in my imagination and forgot it existed for a very long time. And this artist, I found his work, and then I realized that he has got tons of things along this line. And they all involve rubber. Sort of rubber vor, rubber, rubber, rubber simulation. Yeah, exactly. And it's from that point that I ended up becoming a quote-unquote rubber fur. I mean, I've seen people now through that. I mean, they, one of the prevalent ones is becoming pool toy, I should say. The whole idea of objectification by either bondage or that kind of vor absorption aspect involving inanimate objects like pool toys and stuff like that. And I realized then that these people actually went out of their way to make some of these things a reality. I've seen a guy now put a video on YouTube how to make a sleep sack out of one of those inflatable orcas that you actually see in pools. (laughs) And all it was, it was like two 20-pound giant inflatable whales Mm -hmm. put one in the other one and create a seam down the middle. And it is this, then all of a sudden you have become this objectified rubber item, which is just there to be pretty. But of course the boy inside sweating his ass off and stuck and can't get out. Which, that, that was the first link to that kind of Rule 34 thing. Now, I obviously at the time told myself, this is disgusting, I shouldn't look at it. It's now got to the point where I'm like, hmm, I'm checking up it's every no, now and again. No, no, I can't look at it. Yeah, as, I as, shouldn't click the next page. Yeah, it, it all does become blasé. Yeah. It's like when people I know, well, mainly straight people, say that they saw like Japanese girls in baths with octopi. and like, yes, and. Yeah. That's the norm, <laughs> duh. Everyone knows about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, to quote Archer, how is that even a genre? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's after after a little bit of um, in- interaction with these people and chatting mm. to, I've spoken to a lot of the artists. It has it's not I mean it's not blasé to the point of just like meh screw it I don't care about it anymore. But it does become its own little niche fetish, and I accept it as one of them now because well I can't lie I do enjoy yeah. looking at this art. So yeah, I I have been corrupted by the furries. Yeah. So rubber assimilation, rubber vor, rubber goop. Yeah, that's a big one. Like. Mm-hmm. Basically, I blame Spider-Man, where it's basically the Venom symbiote. Yes. People, now that you think about it. Yeah, people basically take the old um, Venom symbiote from Spider-Man and just turn it into General Rubber, and that's the thing. Yeah. Attaches to someone, takes over someone, turns them into big muscle or... Which is always a plus. Yes. Where, again, another keyword there, drawn. Yeah. Yeah. love, Love the idea of this whole construct around you having complete control over you which you know it does work as a form of bondage mm-hmm. and servitude because yeah. you have no control over it yeah um what else is there um ah one that i was sort of shocked but also enjoyed to find out the name of cumflation yes to describe it basically someone uh the subject is so pumped full of cum they actually inflate like a water balloon mm-hmm. by cum and it's 
See, this links to the whole rubber toy thing that I saw because a lot of them actually do have their characters, which are compl- which you know they have the look of mm. shiny rubber furry versions of their fursona, but inflated to these astronomical yeah. sizes in some cases. And yeah, that is actually their their thing. Yeah, just leaking out come everywhere, and it's mm. like again goes back to objectification because you're um, you know people are reduced to items rather than yeah. individuals. You also there's also a definite weird Dom sub thing about becoming helpless and oh yeah, um, basically being a cum dump. Well, squared. See, see even if I've I've never obviously got to that point in my life, mm. but I mean I do have a lot of inflatable rubber gear, which does reduce you to that kind mm. of that situation where you are completely dependent of the other person who's put you in the situation. Yeah, for our listeners, Paul has. Quite an extensive rubber collection. Tiny, tiny. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny two wardrobe. <laughs> and, under the, and under the bed. And under the bed. <laughs> no, I counted recently. I put the cash value in a tally. It was, it was not pleasing. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's pleasing to behold, but it's not pleasing to realise, oh, that money could have been a down payment on a house. <laughs> but, yeah, I've had fun with it, and I can't deny no, that. would just walk into the bank and say, do you accept rubber? Yeah. Do, do you accept this vac rack, which I completely forgot I had for about <laughs> two years, which, you know, if old me, young me, had realised that, yeah, I finally achieved <laughs> the items I wanted all my life, and I never bloody use them. He would try to kill me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You get these things and you never really find the time. Mm. Or the, the time. Dom- or the doms, which yeah. is, to be fair, which is the little bit of a dichotomy is being a sub, but having all the gear that in most cases it should be the dom putting the sub into them. Yeah, just a note for people. If you come across someone that has lots of gear, don't ask to play with them just because of the gear. Oh, it's yes. rude and it's not going to get you anywhere. Nope. In fact, I mean, when I was younger and I stupidly made that mistake, I learnt my lesson and I worked hard to get what I had. Yeah. But if your opening message to me is, can I try that? Would it be great to that? My response is going to be an instant, well, hello to you too, and then followed by a block. Yeah. Because, you know, respect other people's gear because it's a lot of money. I mean, it's like when you see people getting tied up at clubs and they're using gear which isn't theirs or it's the clubs or it's someone else has tied them up. And then other people come along, and the way they handle it is, it's just a bit off putting. Like, you, yeah, you might just be teasing that pup's tail. Mm. Remember, that tail is in that pup. Yeah, don't it, pull pup's <laughs> tails. Yes, please. It will hurt them like fuck and cause damage, but also those tails cost up to, and including like around £100 each. Yeah. And they are very easily snapped if you yank that, because they are just rubber at the end of it. So it's easy to break those things. Yeah. So. We're veering a bit off topic here, oh, yes, so totally. um, what else is there? There's vor, lots of different types of mm. vor, which is quite it's, interesting because it's always non-dangerous. Yeah, it does, yes, it doesn't seem to look dangerous. I mean, there are ones that are. It basically but... becomes bondage porn or trapping porn where um, someone's basically stuck inside someone else. Yeah. And it's, it's not, they're not being digested, they're literally just devoured and stored there for later. Yeah. And, the yeah, way that comes across, I mean, obviously, there's all smiles and happiness in these pictures where people are, well, first, yeah. are doing it. But, of course, it seems completely um, uh, consensual and there doesn't seem to be any negative repercussions. Yeah, it's not cannibalism. It is literally... Yeah, it's just, again, you could say it's been reduced to an object. But then, of course, yeah. there's the whole, you could really look in depth and say, well, slimy innards. 
the yeah. whole kind of feeling of going down someone's or an animal's throat in that sense. And it's not just the throat. There's also anovore, but also a lot of them are... Penovore. Yeah, where you're basically mm-hmm. stuffing someone's penis and trapped in the balls. Yeah. Again, realms of imagination, but it's through artwork that this can come about. Yeah. Of course, when I had my first foray into seeing these kind of things, I did think, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I wonder, would people even imagine these things if other people hadn't gone there first? I think there was too much in the media in the last 30 years, film-wise and mm. TV series-wise. Someone somewhere is is going to have this idea from them. Um, it's, I mean, it goes back to like what your beginning fetishes are. I've seen someone who's had no interest in rubber whatsoever when I met them, but they've gone through other routes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing them and they're wearing rubber. I'm like, well, okay, that's interesting. How did that happen? There, There's always a path and a story. You don't just mm. jump from one basic non-kinky yeah. thing to an, a complete extreme without some kind of progression. Yeah, I mean, I do think a lot of fetishes are informed by the media you consume when you're very young. Oh, yeah, definitely. And because, you mean, you always hear guys into bondage always talking about the old Adam West Batman and yeah. that. I mean, but, for me, it was the Hardy Boys books. Yeah. They were always getting tied up in those damn Oh, yeah. They're notorious for that. And it's... I think just a lot of them, they've seen all these wacky things from cartoons and it's sort of set in and stayed yeah. in the back of the mind. And obviously when these these creators are making these cartoons, for them it's probably just a simple idea that's related to maybe the enemy or the villain of that week. Yeah. But they don't realise that, yeah, this has created that kind of thing. And I can tell one thing which related to the whole vore rubbery absorption thing was mm. uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. At one time, there was a generic blob monster. Didn't think anything about it. Although, obviously, it used its mm. kind of body mass as a bondage device. Didn't didn't click with me at all. Um, I'm an 80s child, so I had a lot of the horrors in the 80s, you know, taped off TV yeah. by my elder brothers. The other one was the remake of The Blob. Now, obviously, in this instance, it's digesting the people. Yeah, but, which is unpleasant. Yeah, which is very unpleasant. Ignore that fact. Ignore it. That The aesthetic... Again, when I looked at it, didn't think anything about it. It was a horror film. Come, you know, jump forward until I'm in my 20s and I'm seeing these kind of creatures again in this kind of artwork setting, not with the death bit on it or the, you know, the incredible painful digestion. I'm kind of like, huh, that's the way they've done it is pleasing to the eye and I can completely see where that kink is coming from. But of course, as a teenager, didn't click with me whatsoever. And I think it's only after later on in life when you start to have these like weird and varied ideas which a lot of people repress. It's you can you can backtrack mm. it all the way. I can go back to tie up games when I'm four years old and I can I can look at it now and think, okay, yeah, that's probably where it started. Yeah. But to like, a kid you're just having fun. The weirdest one for me that I had when because you know you have a kid and like you get that sort of this is interesting me in a way that I can't quite explain. Yeah. The earliest ones I can remember was Obviously, Venom in Spider-Man. Yeah. But also, the Power Rangers getting baked into a giant pizza. I remember that one. Yeah. The, yeah. It was covered it, in cheese and melted and trapped was, in a pizza. Was it Turbo Rangers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remember that one. Yeah. yeah. And again, I remember trying to watch that episode again on a rerun, but missing it and getting angry, and I don't remember why. Yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix. Oh, even better, then. Yeah. yeah, and it has the best pun, where the Red Ranger says he's going to toss the monster's salad. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. And see, that, that whole thing has taken on new media for me thanks to RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I have learned a lot from that. Okay, what other Rule 34s are in fairy porn? 
the macro. Yes, macro and micro play. Yeah. They're very popular with it. And it does seem to include a lot of the foot fetish aspect that comes with it, like being crushed by or just... Yeah, I've, I've never... I mean, it makes a sort of logical sense, but I never understood why those two fully fit together. Yeah. Just... Like, you get fetishes that are often paired, and yeah, macro and foot worship do go together quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Because as a regular person size, that's the only thing you have contact yeah. with you is this giant foot. And... <laughs> Again, it's it, it seems to have come. I don't know if it's, you could link that to the inflation fetish as well, but it's just mm, how can I put it? It's one of those things I just accept now. It's just like yeah, okay, those two go together. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? and I don't question it anymore. <laughs> but again, obviously, there are other things where the pictures could be nice and smiley and happy, or the characters could be in peril, and what's about to happen to them is not be the best thing. Was interval then and might get eaten because they are now the right size to actually achieve that. Yeah, it's. It all seems to, in the end, create this big web of Rule 34. Oh, God, yeah. But whether... I mean, I don't know if the artists themselves have either looked into this much and realised what they're putting out there, or, like me now, they just looked in like, yeah, it's a thing. I'm not going to question it. It's it's basically... These are things where you're not going to find them anywhere else on the internet, so you create them. You fill the void that, you know, everyone else is missing. Exactly, and you'd be surprised when you do that how many people actually share the same view in regards to it. And a lot of people, they get a talented artist, even if the artist doesn't have that fetish, they make a commission for that to be done. They'll describe a scene and have it drawn for them. Hmm. You can... How can I put them? It's... It's like when you discover a new fetish. To you, it might seem wrong, it might seem Hmm. evil, and then why are you even thinking about this? You're a freak. A few years down the line, you might then... Just say this to someone that's, oh, yeah, you won't believe it as a kid. I used to think this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, we do that. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of attitude. And it's suddenly like, okay, maybe it isn't so bad. I mean, develop. I'd love people to just develop new fetches all the time because I'm in- I might not follow them. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to find out what there are. I mean, I found there was a guy before who had a newspaper fetish. I didn't grasp that at all. But then a little bit of searching into it, I realize, oh, there is actually a lot of people who actually share this fetish. And a lot of the time, you only discover these things by talking to someone. I've been talking to someone who's been very active in the leather scene mm-hmm. um, for quite a while. And we was only we was talking the other day about one of his fetishes. And um, basically, he has a toyification fetish. Mm-hmm. He wants to be turned into a little plastic... Oh, I've, I've seen loads of stories like that. This is the thing, yeah. but he had no idea what that was. And I'm oh. like, wait, so you want to look really shiny and like really fake? Yes. And it's like, have you ever looked into this? And he's yeah. like, oh my God, I've been waiting, you like, know. Hello, rubberzoneandecky.com are calling, you know. There's, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's loads of things out there. You just have to. They thought this, this was this really, you know, only them and they couldn't quite put their face on it. Yeah, but that's where the, obviously don't fear what your fetishes are or what you're developing talk about it because you know you may realize more people are into it or more people might be curious about it and actually generally want to know from you what your fetish is and what can be linked to it because i mean you know they might want to play with you and they can maybe get touch on touch base on what you actually want to have done yeah and again you don't really find this in other illustrated porn no you d- you just don't like a lot of the other illustrated porn that's quite famous, the Han, Tom of Finland, and mm. modern ones, which are great, which are they're great, they're brilliant at what they do, but 
it's very limited to like bondage fantasies or mm. leather fantasies or drawing a hot guy. And I get that the impression is because furries as a rule, because of how the community is and the basic nature of fursonas, they're a lot more in touch with imagination. Yeah. Like a lot more in touch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, you could say that their fursona is like a mask where they can experience all these things and yeah. not feel judged because of their liking. Unless, of course, they're one of the more prolific for different prolific. That would. Yeah. The kind of uh, the furs who are in the public eye constantly, where they have to be equal parts of their fursona and their real life self, and then they may have to hide some of the fursona likes for, you know... At which point for, just create a separate fursona. Gee, yes. I've been talking to one fursona before, talking to another, like, yeah, this is me as well. Because a fursona is basically a constructed identity for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Because, I mean, a lot of people struggle with the idea of fursona. It's mm-hmm. basically creating a separate identity through which you can express an aspect of your personality. Yeah. And, again, this is why a lot of furries who aren't into the porn aspect get a bit hepped up about it. Because for them, it's about being less, more, you know, more confident oh, or yeah. being able to become the kind of person they want to be socially. I mean, I've seen confident furs walking about the place, like in the London furs event. And yeah. then when it comes time to speak to them out of the suit, they're, they're quite reserved yeah. and very, they hold back or they're very quiet in person. It's like a lot of drag queens. A lot of drag queens create the, their drag queen persona to be this, you know, acetone, snappy, highly confident person that they are not in the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, in some fursonas, it's obviously the reverse as well. They can be confident and, you know, like a businessman in real life. Mm. But their fursona is very coy and very sweet and shy and reserved. It's just, you know, an aspect that your day-to-day life may restrict you in experiencing. So just make a fursona. But, of course, obviously, they have many will say you have to have a connection to that, like, the animal of choice. It has to be your spirit animal. Uh, Yes. Which apparently reminds a raccoon. But obviously, I don't. I don't yeah. go around looting people's bins. That would just be gross. But yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, so this is showing my ignorance. Is there this thing where certain personality types are certain animals? Yes, I feel there is. Because um, I have a friend that strongly identifies as a fox, and there's apparently something about they. <laughs> the only personality trait that I think of when you say fox, from what I see of other mm. fox personas. And I don't mean to use this word, it's the only word I can think to use, slut. They are very, not promiscuous, but very open and very, it, it's kind of like the whole... I thought mischievous. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. No, no, mischievous <laughs> But is that's, part of that's it. not being a slut. You no, can no. be Mis- a slut without being Mis- mischievous. Mischievous is totally part of it as well. Um, in many relationships, also the dynamic of their fursona changes depending on the fursona of the person. Mm. I see people who have wolf personas who are very dominant and protective. Which, of course, would link to the kind of pack mentality a wolf would have. Mm. And I know two couples now who are wolf and fox, and in every case, the wolf is this big, burly, not controlling yeah. aspect, but protective aspect, and the fox is like a little vixen in the sheets. <laughs> so I think there is this kind of uh, not assumed personality trait, but one you could easily just fit into yeah. if you are that fursona. Not saying everyone is, but... You know, it's See, there's the the animal traits do carry over. That that interests me because basically, I was walking around the British Museum with a friend the other day, and something I started picking up is all throughout history because they had the Celtic ex- exhibition that because uh, you know they which I got to see, which was really good. Yeah, 
Um, and the very thing, basically, anthropomorphized. I don't know if I'm getting it right, yeah. but that's it. Animals, you know, basically half human, half animal, they've always been there in some form. Oh, yeah. And fairies are just sort of taking it in their own direction. I mean, one thing we always skip when we think about this is lycanthropes, werewolves. Oh, yeah. They've, they've existed in media and story for God knows and how again, long. And again, they're prominently featured in fairy porn. Yeah. And you have people then... Which is a guy turning into a elf with a giant leaking cock, always. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to ask some people who obviously will link um, furry stuff to bestiality, which there will always be some people who make that claim. But then they find sexual gratification in things like vampire novels. Technically, a vampire is another species entirely. It, and quite an animalistic one at that. Mm. One that will rip your throat out and drain, yes. your, drain your blood. And then in some cases, werewolves as well. It's like, oh, but you're, you're making love to the person. It's only at the full moon that they become a werewolf. Well, let's not beat around the bush. There's yeah. that sexy aspect of danger because it's going yeah. to eat you, potentially. I mean, yeah, we've had um, Eddie on a past episode, I can't remember which one, where he basically talked about his need to be bitten and beaten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, not just, you know, not a light flogging. He, like, has to have a split lip and bruises and... Yes, kudos to Eddie in that respect. I could yeah. never, ever get to that point. Uh, and to see it actually happen to him recently in public, my initial thought was, oh, Eddie, you poor thing. Oh, you're smiling all the way through this. Okay, oh, yeah, I, yeah, understand now. I understand now. <laughs> I mean, who are we to judge other people's fetishes? Well, I never judge. Harshly. No. I mean, I learned... <laughs> well, you're still gay. You know, you gotta... <laughs> we've, got, we've got to conform to a stereotype. Do you remember Face Party? Years and years and years. I do not. It do was kind of like something that came before MySpace and Facebook. I, as a young kid, made the stupid idea for myself to judge someone. I mean, I don't I don't remember outrightly attacking it, but it was a guy on there who had a gas mask fetish. And all I said in message at the time was, you know, oh, that sounds weird. Why, why do you mm. have that? In all honesty, the younger me was just curious as to, you know, explain yeah. it. But the way I came across... Was I looking back now? It was like very rude of me and very close minded, especially now considering I have a gas mask yeah. fetish. And you know, it's it's come full circle. So now I've never, never judged anyone for mm-hmm. it. Explain it to me, give me a chance to understand it. Please just don't assume that I'm going to judge you because of it. Yeah, it is not it. And anyone in the kink community who does, you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You like things outside of them, don't judge other things outside. Of them. But that's my that's my two cents on that one. Yes. Well, I think we've pretty extensively covered this for a short episode. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you back on for oh, a rubber fish. And, and, and we didn't even talk about Cthulhu. <sighs> We're not going into Cthulhu. <laughs> but he has tentacles. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of Cthulhu on the internet in general. It's sort of become the new... Um... Oh, who's the arsehole Christian guy with the beard that everyone kept making? What, Jesus? No. <laughs> No, no, no. Everyone kept making jokes about how invincible and great he was. Oh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> Cthulhu's the Chuck Norris of the internet. Uh, yeah, but now it's all Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Deadpool, Deadpool's become a bit over. We, we, we like Deadpool, though. Yeah. Until other people will like him, and then we'll say it's hipster and we won't like him anymore. Yeah, and he's been overexposed by Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Where was I going with this? Yes. Now, you guys at home, do you... As you know, we are sponsored by HowToKillASuperhero.net, whose newest book... Book 3, Transformation Fetish, is coming out um, end of this month. So to celebrate, we're doing a competition. 
which is the Kinky Boys Superhero Selfie Competition. Simply send us a selfie to either our email, uh, kinkyboyspodcast at gmail.com, um, or send it to us on Twitter with the hashtag uh, KB Superhero Selfie, um, a picture of you in your best uh, superhero getup. It doesn't have to be complex, you know. It can just be like a rubber top with the Batman symbol on, or just a mask, or just or just you in lycra. We're not judged. All body types: bears, cubs, twinks, muscle guys, daddies. You know, anyone's welcome to join in. And we just want you to send in your superhero selfies. And at the end of the month, the winner will be drawn, and they will get a free wrestling singlet from HowToKillASuperhero.com. And to just add, if any of you did have a full rubber Superman outfit, get in contact with me as well on the side. Not to do with the competition, but, you know, that yes. would be awesome. For yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, in general. I mean, there's a reason we're getting people to send pictures to us. You know, we're getting something out of this, too. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, please send in. And, um, yes, until next episode, uh, for, for me, I'm Craig. And I've been Paul. Okay.